turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. About a foot taller than Chad Burton, but still, <laughs> you get the idea. It's Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Um, from time to time, he needs a day off to not focus on media, but focus on financial planning issues and sometimes even life issues. I think we're all that way. So I'm a good at, I'm a good person to jump in. I'm a different voice. Um, and it's good to check in with a different crowd on occasion. I'm the host from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on AM 1220 KDOW. Chad runs the show from six to seven Monday through Friday. So we kind of blend in together anyway, right? thing I like about sitting in for Chad is it makes me think kind of in a, uh, not story way, but kind of a big picture way. Key economic indicators in the United States are weirdly inverted, weirdly. And it's a really bad sign that, and again, I don't mind markets rallying up. I don't mind markets being higher than they were pre-COVID. I'm good with all that. I get it. We're throwing a ton of stimulus on the other side. Then you start seeing things like, um, what's happening with civil unrest in the United States. And you're like, huh, I wonder if that's going to derail us. Um, and the answer is no. So far, it's no. And you can look back at history and see, like, in 1968, how during times of civil unrest, it didn't derail the economy. Um, so we have some roadmaps out. But let's talk a little bit about what my biggest problem is with the market right now. And if we can get over the biggest problem, then we can kind of get comfortable as we enter the fourth month, essentially, of a combined health and economic crisis, no better way of saying it than that, data on the state of the economy and personal finances of individuals have gone weirdly inverted. Um, you saw last week Americans saving more money, collective income rising by double digits, even as tens of millions of Americans lost their jobs, incomes, and businesses. It's a weird oddity provided by Congress's massive infusion of cash in the economy. It suggests that the economy may have been even more precarious than previously believed. Because when government help dries up, there will be less purchasing power supporting the broader economy. That's very, very true. We've given people money now in the form of payments. It's not a lot to me. I didn't get it, and I'm fine with that. Um, but before we start bridging going back to work, and one of the stimulus plans I recently heard was, let's give people money to go back to work and give their bosses money to bring them back to work. Kind of a Republican idea that f- flies in the face of COVID-19, but economy versus health. Personal income rose 10.5% from March. Consumption fell by 13.6%. And I'm going to be telling you, I'm going to be telling you this, boy. Um that's not good because those stimulus checks do dry up. And, you know, I, I think the good news is we do have a lot of savings that are going to go into the economy in the future. 
restaurants and travel. Uh, we will have some pent up demand for going to doctors. I had a slight knee issue. <clears throat> I do a lot of steps every day, and um, at the end of the day, your knees like tell you they're screaming in pain. <clears throat> at some point, I'm going to go in for an elective knee surgery, right? And that's what it's to be called. It's going to be called an elective. But I'm staying away from hospitals for now for whatever reason. So we have sky-high unemployment. We've got pay cuts for some workers. I know some corporations that sent out emails to employees and said, hey, they didn't say it this way. They didn't say it's better than getting laid off, but we need to take a 5 to 10% pay cut. There's a little bit of that going around. Last week, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said any new stimulus should be under $1 trillion, several times less what's been thrown out there. The importance of direct government spending is is, is there right now. And um, it's really tough to put into words, but we spend a lot of government money that we're not necessarily earning. GDP for what we get, the gross domestic product, is going to fall at a 38% annual rate in the second quarter before rising 22% roughly in the third quarter. You've probably heard the greatest um, economic shutdown is going to be the second quarter, and the greatest rebound is going to be the third quarter. I think there's some fingers crossed in the third quarter, but that's not bad. We're opening things up slightly. Last night, there wasn't as much violence in the United States. Um, could that rekindle? For sure. I, I have no opinion on that. I'm just not smart enough. So the beauty and wellness sector is leading the way. But the good news, like for hair salons, is, you know, uh, we're opening up. So personal services are opening up. Higher paid traditional white collar jobs are actually leading the trend right now overall. But we're seeing some crazy anomalies. We're seeing people move out of big cities or making plans to move out of big cities pretty aggressively. That's great news um, for the remote worker. It's great news for people who want to own their first home. Because if you move out of the city, you're finding cheaper areas to live. Up in Nevada, Tahoe, uh, California, Nevada, Tahoe, I was reading some local news out of, what paper was that? I want to say Reno, that demand on the East Shore is skyrocketing as people are like quickly in the last three months saying, you know, I'm going to make a move. Now, in the last three months, I haven't made any sharp moves, but people are making sharp moves. Yeah, the Sierra Sun said rising demand in Tahoe region real estate out of COVID-19 shutdown. Don't know what that means long term, but we're talking about it. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. How far can stocks rally in the face of riots? Um, in April 1968, there were riots in 125 cities with the 82nd Airborne on the streets of Washington, D.C. Um, the S&P 500 that year gained 16%. Dr. Martin Luther King's murder was the worst of the terrible events that year. It remains a, a very vivid time in America. You had the assassination of Robert Kennedy. Um, a few weeks after Dr. Martin Luther King, was society becoming unhinged? It was becoming unhinged. Urban riots were regular summer occurrences during Harlem, 1964. Opposition to the Vietnam War steadily increased and became less peaceful. 
lot of African-Americans went off to the Vietnam War as a job. Came back to the United States looking for a job. Couldn't find one. Went back to Vietnam for a second time as a job. Back in 1968, there was a general strike in France. There was violent clashes at the Democratic Convention in Chicago. Soviet tanks were rolling in Czechoslovakia. Um, the U.S. economy was in the midst of one of the most robust expansion in history, spurred by, spurred by the, the phrase, guns and butter. It was a fiscal policy of the Great Society and the Vietnam War spending. To curb the deficit, Congress passed a 10% surtax on higher incomes, which did little to slow consumer spending. We've been through crisis. We've been through government um, shutdowns. We've been through civil unrest. We've been through presidential assassinations and and assassinations of civil rights leaders and brothers of presidents. And we'll get through this. Right now, we've got the unprecedented Fed action to expand financial market liquidity, plus more than $3 trillion in fiscal policy actions. So the Federal Reserve is doing what they can. Trillions are being thrown at this. I saw a headline yesterday that COVID-19 could become an annual booster shot, which I instantly thought Santa Fe Aventus, who makes syringes and uh, um, vaccinations. Oh, we have a market, do we not? Markets are looking up today. Amazon plans a big summer sale for June 22 to jumpstart sales after coronavirus crunch. Fun times, no? I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. Find us at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Hey, everyone. It's Rob Black, sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. Thank you for listening and supporting us over the years uh, as listeners to your massive support. But CFP Chad Burton is taking new clients. You can always reach out to New Focus. Um, I'm sure the minimums have been, how shall we say, manipulated lower so that you can get in due to market corrections and fear. What I want to talk about right now is the stock market is a gauge of fear. And a great example of that is oil. Now, I want you to like get into a comfortable zone with yourself right now. Relax. Turn on a meditation app. Get really, really, really comfortable. And try to think of someone in your life that is an irrational, crazy, they ramp from zero to 60, they get angry, they go from zero to 60 on like uh, irrational, they go from zero to 60 on paranoia, and that's the stock market. Now, you've met people in your life like that, maybe, hopefully not a lot, because I don't like drama. Now... Every one of those people, the person who gets anxious, the person who gets fearful, the person who gets greedy, typically in about six months, they're at a different point in their life. Whether you're having a midlife crisis and you're like, ah, I got to go save my, my youth. Six months later, you're old again. Whether you're like, oh man, this, this economy's never going to rebound this whole Black Lives Matter. It's for real this time. Um, we, we all must do better. How can that help the economy? Or oil, when oil goes from about $35 a barrel to under 10 in a matter of weeks, you're like, this is as bad as it gets. This means we're not going to be using oil. We're not going to be flying. We're not going to be using boats. We're not going to be like, we are going to be shut in. We're going to need a shotgun and we're going to need a lot of toilet paper. That was Wall Street back in March. Wall Street was irrational with fear. 
oil is about $40 a barrel today. And a lot like one of your neighbors or your relatives, or maybe someone you're married to, what felt like really emotional back in March seems like nothing but a thing now. What felt really fearful feels like, well, that uh, Wall Street was just, the stock market is irrational. You know who taught me that was Warren Buffet, Warren Buffett. Um, it's moody. Uh, I, 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 did Warren Buffett use a sexist phrase? Was it Mrs. Market? Um, oh, he called it Mr. Market. But in my head, I just went like, did he ever use something wrong? Mr. Market is kind of a drunken psycho. Some days he gets very enthused. Some days he gets very depressed. And he gets really enthused. And when he gets really enthused, you sell to him. And if he gets really depressed, you buy from him. There's no moral taint attached to that. It's a Warren Buffettism. He's the greatest investor of all time. And basically, he said the market's moody. Now, you know what market's not moody? Although this time it kind of became a little moody was the bond market. The bond market shows me there's true fears in the economy in the real time now. Now, to help the bond market adjust, the Federal Reserve has lowered the cost of money to basically nothing. And they've said if anyone has borrowed money from corporations, municipal bonds, we're open for funding at really cheap rates. So the bond market kind of got a bailout. I know you're saying, uh, that's kind of like the government giving us a check, right? <laughs> it kind of is. A lot of people hate the Federal Reserve. I know, now again, don't confuse this term. I know fiscal conservatives, Not I'm not talking conservatives who are you know, taking abortion rights away or a, at the, the, the center of the political intrigue these days. I'm talking about fiscal conservatives. There's a lot of people that I know who don't like the Federal Reserve and would rather the world figure it out on its own. Instead of a group of essentially bankers in the United States, who when you take a look at them, it's a lot of white people. <laughs> Not that I'm making a statement today. It's a lot of white guys. Um, why should they be the ones to decide the cost of money? A lot of people think, it, let the market figure itself out. I see a role for the Federal Reserve, but it has become politicized in the last 20 years. A lot more so in my lifetime than in my previous lifetime, which I'm not getting into. So the S&P 500 has surged 40%. We went from a 10-year bull market to a one-month bear market back to a bull market, technically. Some people say that it went too fast. Some people say that's the how things are going to happen now. The two biggest stories facing investors appear to be in direct conflict. Unemployment at its highest level since the Great Depression. And the stock market is up 40% from its recent bear market low. When I, when I sit in for Chad, one of the things I say, the most important thing is that Friday employment rate. If you feel like we're at that 5%, 6% employment, 4% unemployment, um, those are Goldilocks numbers. We're going to be at 20% rapidly. We're at 15% essentially now. Once the unemployment rate peaks and it inflects lower, it tends to trend lower with a few major interruptions until it bottoms. Now, there will be a point in time back in December 2019, January 2019, the employment numbers were as good as they can get. 
on Fridays, uh, the first Fridays of the month, you would see economists roll out and go, this is full employment. This is awesome. This is like, this should lead to wage inflation, but it's not leading to a lot of wage inflation. Well, those days are gone. And oddly enough, when it was as good as it gets in employment, maybe that was the time to rebalance your portfolio from a little bit of extra frothy growth to a little bit less frothy growth. From too little value to maybe a little more value. And again, it's counterintuitive. If people have the greatest jobs number ever, it can only get worse from there. If you listen to the show on a regular basis, you know that I'm a, I am was a distance runner. I've taken a good year off. And you can't keep a pace. You can't keep a four-mile pace, a 4% unemployment pace forever. You need to take a break. Um, have I broken down to the point that I'm walking a 20-minute mile? mile? Yeah. So do you see my 4% to 20% angle? And sometimes you, you back off and you go 4% to 7%. Same thing's pretty much so happening right now with employment. Um. The path of unemployment during recoveries, it trends to, to steadily go lower. Now, what's the weird part about it of our economic despair this time is typically we're talking about unemployment numbers get as bad as 8 to 12%. And if you're talking about you know Asian Americans, if you're talking about black Americans, if you're talking about white Americans, if you're talking about males, females, the numbers will be a little bit higher, a little bit lower than 8 12% in that range of things are bad. So history suggests that you've not missed out on the bull market and that we will get a slow grind higher. Um, But again, I started this segment with Warren Buffett talking a little bit about Mr. Market. It's the kind of drunken psycho he says. Some days he gets very enthused. Some days he gets very depressed. And when he gets really enthused, you sell to him. And if he gets really depressed, you buy from him. There's no moral taint attached to that. I love Warren Buffett. He's one of the greatest investors of all time. I think this market grinds higher, Um, but it's suspect because we've never seen unemployment numbers this high. Wow. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. And again, keep a look at oil markets from back in March to see what a psycho stock market can look like. And three months later, it's all back to normal. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. You can listen to Chad's show and get a podcast at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. I've got a funny story that he probably will never tell you. But I met Chad Burton over 20 years ago. He was a CFP. And one of his clients... Um, had a question about something I said on a national radio show. And because it was one of his clients, he's like, let me call him and find out, you know, a little bit more about this investment. It was probably a stock idea. So he calls my office as I'm on the East Coast. He's on the West Coast. And uh, he's like, yeah, my client, Miss XYZ, her grandmother wants to buy something that you're talking about on your radio show. Tell me more about yourself. (laughs) I'm like, who are you? And like, why are you talking? Like, I don't have to talk to people randomly who call, but he wanted to protect his client's mother's best interest and find out a little bit more about my background, my college background, my ADV, about any discipline that I've had, any mistakes, have I ever been sued? And I I took it very personally. I'm like, you don't check up on me. 
I didn't say something stupid like I check up on you. But it was basically two boys pushing against each other on egos. And it's a great thing. We start, we threw a couple curse words at each other. Um, like he has a right to ask, but it's like all in my paperwork. So he could have gone that direction, but he was kind of picking at my scab, so to speak. Um, we threw curse words at each other and then I thought about it and I was in investments. I was in portfolio management and he was in relationships with clients and I didn't really do both. Well, I was better stock picker than a client relation person. Um, so I was like, I like this guy. He's kind of an, a jerk. He's kind of a, you put in the word, you, you put in a curse word and then throw the word face after it or put the word whole after it. Like he was not ideal, but I love that tenaciousness. Tenacity is something I admire. We work harder when markets are down than we do when markets are up. Up markets are easy. Down markets, you don't want to make a mistake and have someone that's tenacious is super important. We're in earnings season. Surprisingly, we're ending earnings season. The one that had the month of March in it. March is critical because that's when kids were told, don't come to school. Parents were said, told, you educate your kids a little bit. We'll send you some emails on Google Classroom. Good luck to you. And then we were learning about job downsizing. There's been a first wave. I've already started seeing some second waves. I have some people who work, I know some people who work um, like at museums and the first round of layoffs and then they get a small business loan and then they bring people back and they say, we're going to furlough, we're not going to fire. And then they say, well, we're going to fire a couple people. So this is far from over, but you do feel that March is as bad as it's going to get. And then maybe we'll see a lower employment number for a couple months after as corporations continue to right size. I know you're saying you meant downsize. No, I meant right size. I'm one of those people who believes that corporations are people. And if you have a problem spending way too much money on your entourage, i.e. your employees, and when you're no longer MC Hammer coming out with, can't touch this, you have to right size your posse. You have to right size how many employees you have. You can't live like that forever. Classic example is football players. Um, their careers averages three years. Over 75% of football players go bankrupt after their career ends. It's never going to be the ones like Joe Montana. He had a long career. It's the ones who lived like kings while they were kings, and then their body started to fail, and they were turned into paupers, but they still had taxes that were owed to the king. Homes are expensive to maintain. Cars are expensive to maintain, and they depreciate. So we're in the tail end of earnings season right now. And it's really shown us how bad it can get. Now, again, the numbers should get less bad before they get neutral, before they get a little bit better. But January of 2020, we were at an unbelievable great employment number. Too good to be true. Dunkin' Donuts is up. They said comparable same-store sales declined 15% for the week ending May 23rd uh, versus a 25% decline for the week ended April 25th. So you can see how it's getting less worse on a year-over-year basis. And what's going to be interesting in April 25 of 2021, if they're up 
5% versus down 25%, you'd be like, whoa, that's a 30% swing. That's crazy good. They must be making donuts of gold. No, no, they just had an easy compare. That's one of the reasons Wall Street's rallying right now. Zoom video. The Zoom boom. Um, during the shutdown, we've migrated to working at home, and we've learned that uh, Skype isn't good enough. And the choices that we had out there for video conferencing, not good enough. Zoom, it's, it's cutting the mustard, so to speak. I don't know you're saying cutting mustard. What's wrong with you? Shares are up 206% for the year. It was a boring IPO last year. It was a kind of a sexy IPO, but it was known as a tech unicorn. One of the companies that was worth over a billion dollars, and it had no signs of ever being able to make a billion dollars. And we had other unicorns like Uber and Lyft, WeWork. A sign that the stock market was poised for a fall was the weakness of what we were saying, that's worth investing in. We're like, does it have a pulse? Yes. Is it losing billions of dollars? Yes. Well, it does have a pulse, right? So Zoom Video was lumped into that. And what a difference a year makes, showing you that investors were right to think about it. We've seen the trend coming. Um, cost of living continues to go higher and higher in, in urban cities. Um, so we got to move to the suburbs, in which that means probably not commuting five days a week, probably commuting four days a week. And then coronavirus hits, boom, <laughs> commuting zero days a week. And Zoom was in the right place at the right time. Now, I can get into the nitty-gritty and tell you that what's happening in the United States is also happening in Europe. And the ECB, the European Central Bank, is going to increase its pandemic emergency bond purchase. China's doing it. The United States is doing it. Korea's doing it. South Korea's doing it. All of Europe's doing it. Everyone's throwing stimulus. And if the numbers continue to get a little bit better... And what we just saw in Dunkin' Donuts, from down 25% in sales to down 15%. Um, as we open up, if there's not a massive rush to the emergency room, if there's not a massive flood of, we need ventilators, we should be better prepared for a second wave. I'm not saying we will be, but we should be. Now, get this. I'm talking about, man, you just pulled out an umbrella. You thought it was going to be a little bit of a flurry, a little bit of a rain, and then poop starts falling out of the sky. Dr. Fauci, the director of our autoimmune disease response in the United States, he said, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine may not provide long-term immunity. And I'm like, no, we're going to need to do this uh, for a couple years till we eradicate it. Uh, I, I'm not getting into the science of it. I'm not going to tell you to take vitamin C. I'm not going to tell you to get vitamin D on your skin by going outside. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to tell you what's working on Wall Street and what's not. And am I still invested? Yes. As we've rallied from market lows, have I looked back at my portfolio and said, okay, when markets were down, was there anything in it that stunk real bad? I need to get rid of that this time around. It's as if you invite a member of the opposite sex to your home when you're 20 years old and you're like, okay, I better hide the pizza boxes. I better hide this. I better hide that. She comes in, and probably there's some smelly shoes. And you can see a look of disgust on her face. She leaves you like, I better get rid of those smelly shoes. You have a chance right now to get rid of anything smelling in your portfolio. We've rallied. There's still opportunity if you believe in the unfolding narrative 
opportunity in travel and leisure stocks. That may be too much risk for you. That's why it's great to work with a certified financial planner. Stock's recent rally is driven by bears and not bulls right now. There's not a lot to get excited by. Investors have been taking money out of global equity funds across the board, across the world since March. So people are pulling out, but short sellers, people who bet the market would go lower, they got to buy back. And that's the ones who's buying the stock market right now, because in people's heads like myself and CFP Chad Burton, we go, this doesn't make sense, this rally. The sharp rise in the stock market has not been driven by people who are going, wow, the U.S. economy looks great. It's been driven by short sellers who borrowed and sold stocks months ago to bet that prices would decline. Now they're buying the shares back to close out their positions. When you go long the stock market, you're like, I want to buy low and sell high. When you go short the stock market, you basically sell high and buy low. So you create a buyer squeeze if everyone thinks we're going lower, 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 and everyone starts shorting the market or shorting stocks or shorting sectors. It's one of the reasons I won't play with Tesla. Tesla's thinking about introducing a subscription service. Oh, I love this idea. A subscription service for a car. And part of it could be the self-driving feature. Instead of paying 6000 up front, um, maybe you could pay what amounts to $7,000 a year, but do it over a a recurring revenue period. Maybe you say the self-driving feature is something I want for a lifetime. Adding the automatic driving will add about $100 to your monthly payment. It's harder to justify since Tesla claims that the package would gain in value with increased pricing. So people are figuring out business models even in time of duress. I love what we're seeing. It doesn't. It depresses me a little bit that we're not more open right now. Um, that we're not more touchy-feely right now, but I love the way we, we get a problem and we attack it. Anyhow, um, good day. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. This is a little band called Walk the Moon. Out of Cincinnati, I believe. I'm not a big fan of Facebook. I'm more of an Instagram person, but I don't follow friends on Instagram. I follow. This is one of the bands, so it makes me smile when I hear their music. It's an awful song. They're a pop hit factory. They did a song called Anna Sun and um kamikaze they've got enough like it's weird because every year they come out with like every 18 months one more hit song that's a weird business model to me like what does walk the moon do when they're 45 50 years old fairs where they could play four great hits i'm so happy i'm not a musician i'm so bummed i'm not a musician grass is always greener right not the best business model for aging. Also, when you're in your 20s and 30s, not so much when you're in 40s and 50s. That's one of the things I do on this show and CFP Chad Burton does on this show. We start thinking about years 60 to 100 and what are they going to look like? That's a good question. And we don't tend to think about it in our 20s and 30s when we're rock stars. Um, and then you have you settle down. Maybe you find a groupie that you fall in love with. 
you make beautiful babies and you're like, oh man, now I'm in my 30s and I've done no retirement planning and I have these kids. This show is really about getting you to retirement and getting you to ask those questions. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I didn't, ha- I didn't have anyone. I had love. I had passion. I had kind of like, I know that one day I want to get married, but I wasn't married. I know that I was working a lot in my career. So I didn't think about life insurance. It's cheaper in your 20s. I didn't think about disability insurance because I'm strong like a god. Um, and at one point in time, you know, when I was 20, I, I tore up my knee and I didn't have health insurance. Like, you got to get some of these things in line, even when you don't need them. It's not that difficult. When you're 20 years old, you, you should say, okay, I'm going to work till 60, so I got 40 years. That's all you need to start thinking about. But when you're 21, you need to start thinking about, like, now I need to start saving because now I only have 39 years left of work. And most Americans think of work as 30 years. Uh, I'm in that particular situation where I've done what I want it to do, and now the last 10 years, it's going to be difficult for me to find inspiration, but I still want to pay for my health insurance. I still want to pay for my disability insurance. I still want to pay for my life insurance because I, I hope I don't need them. But when you do, it's too late if you don't have them. Um, you insure what you can't afford to lose. Now, with the stock market, you don't need to insure it. In my opinion, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks I ever mentioned. I feel a little bit bad for senior citizens because one of the things that they used to do to insure their wealth was take money out of the stock market and put it in a bank and get a big fat 4 or 5% on a certificate of deposit, a CD. And that was enough. Can't do that anymore. Interest rates are too low. But I don't insure the stock market, and it's it's kind of funny because some people who love real estate hate the stock market. Some people who love gold hate the stock market. And yet there's financial performance of over 100 years of the stock market thumping the results of real estate. Not good enough to convince them. Because in their mind, they're using other people's money, either the bank or renters. They're getting low-cost money. They're buying a property. And so far, their whole life, it's appreciated. There's been periods of underperformance for sure. Um, I have a primary home that I never expect to go up in value again. I think it hits is hit maximum value. I could add a golden toilet, probably not going to push the value up any higher. I could add super fast broadband that's faster than anything on the planet, probably not going to push up the value. So this shows kind of like getting you ready for retirement age 60 to 100. Chad wants you to live a high quality life. I just want you to get you to 60. Um, how much is enough? It's going to differ from for all people. Are you getting an inheritance? Do you have kids? What What do you want to do in your lifetime? Do you want to spend your money while you're alive or wait till you're 60 and you can no longer go helicopter skiing because your knees are gone? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Taking a look at the stock market today, we have another day where it's moving higher. It's been a good month of April and May. Things have slowed down on volatility. A little bit of a rubber band down in March, a little bit of a snap back in April, a little bit more plotting, but still plotting higher. So SP 500 back to the 3100 level. I ask you if at the start of the year you could have written down the script for this year through June, no one would have been able to pull this one out. We're seeing some interesting leaders today, financial stocks, energy stocks, industrials. That shows me that there's a little bit more um, eyeball on value. 
little bit more on cyclical. But tech is oddly missing because tech's likely had a big run. Taking a look at the overall stock market, futures were higher all morning today, and then they opened higher. I'm not a big fan of talking about the stock market on a day-by-day basis other than to say, eh, there's a good disposition, there's a bad disposition. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more like Warren Buffett. The day-to-day moves on Wall Street don't mean that much. Yes, on the days where we're up 8% or down 8%, you're like, what happened? But it almost takes that kind of drama to get me involved. 800-516-1220, teacher calls in the air. The problems that we had as a nation before COVID still exist. One of the ones that I'm worried most about is student loan debt. And just the psychology that we've gotten into as a nation, we've created a broken system from Congress. We've created a broken system in student debt. Uh, 44 million borrowers across the country hold more than $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. I'm not a big fan of shotgun solutions where we do broad fixes and we forgive it. I don't think that's fair to the banks. I don't think the banks lent $1.6 trillion with the idea that they weren't going to get it back. I, I know you're saying, Meh. I think some of the problems is the way we approach money is our parents. Psychologically, we're like, we better send our kids to school. I've got I've got a friend who has a kid who his kid shouldn't go to school. It's not in their blood to be a student. Uh, but our psychology, our society has not set it up like that. Coming back tomorrow live, CFP Chad Burton. You can find him also on my show, Haunting It, later today from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com.